What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Picks and Picks Podcast, the eSoccer betting podcast. Always excited to have you guys listen in. We are going to take a break from our usual episodes because we have very special events coming up. You guys are familiar with them. You're excited. It is the Champions League quarterfinals. So with these awesome matchups, we decided to take a look at each one individually, give you guys the the current odds and kind of the analysis on what's going on, who to look out for, and who's going to advance. And fortunately for you guys, we're kicking that off with a marquee matchup, Liverpool at Benfica. We have Scotty here who has not missed a minute of Liverpool football in probably 10 years. And he is going to help take us through that matchup. It is on April 5th, and we're pumped to have you guys listen in. Yeah, I mean, it's I love the way that Champions League handles the quarterfinals draw because it gives you the map to the finals. You know, they're, they're not just giving you the draw for the next round. They're giving you no the semifinals will be. And yes. There. So, you know, I think the first thing that we got to address from the the Liverpool-Benfica matchup is that Liverpool pretty much got the best possible draw they could have hoped for. No Um, doubt. They get Benfica in in the quarters, who was probably the the weakest remaining team. I mean, you could make an argument about Villarreal, who we'll we'll discuss in a future episode. But I think Benfica is probably the best case scenario for the quarterfinals. And then, you know, when you're looking at semifinal draw, you're just kind of looking for teams that you want to avoid. And Liverpool definitely wanted to avoid both teams from Madrid, no doubt about it. Um, they did beat Atletico in uh, the group stages, both games, but they've proven to, to be three times. <clears throat> yeah, three times. Absolutely. Atletico with the knockouts are, are a completely different beast. So we'll talk about that too when we, we start previewing their matchup. Uh, and then I think most importantly, they avoided City. Um, and what would have been crazy if is if they had drawn City. Um, they would have played City four times in the span of three weeks because they have wow. them in the Premier League. They just drew them in the FA Cup semifinal. And those games are like sandwiched right around the two legs for the quarterfinals. So my fear was that we were going to get City. There's going to be four games. It, I mean, don't get me wrong, but the, the English media would have loved it. There would have been headlines and articles and, you know, storylines out the, you know, at the wazoo uh just talking about pep versus Klopp, but uh in the end it it ended up being liverpool getting a favorable draw i think nick we talk about it city always somehow manages to get the best possible draw but in this case it went liverpool's way yeah it's a it's a little bit of karma um you you nailed it right city um it seems like some teams always get a favorable draw i feel like uh real madrid's that way as well oh yeah um some of the other guys are up against it, but I think Poole has definitely earned this, right? Um, it, it's listen, they're, they're recent champions league winners. They're battle tested. Um, and, and fortunately for them, they're, they're pretty known to beat up on Portuguese clubs in the champions league. I think, um, you know, what was it over, over the group stage, they beat Porto an aggregate score of seven yeah. to one. So, yeah. I mean, no real contest there. And uh, I, I don't really expect much better from Benfica. No, I mean, Porto's been pretty much the, the main team in, in Portugal for a few years now. And th- that's actually kind of been a meme lately is that, you know, Liverpool always gets Porto in the group stages or, or in the, the round of 16. Um, and they usually beat up on them pretty good. Uh, it's not a rare sight to see Liverpool winning 4-0, 4-1. Um, and you can even look back, you know, Man City had Sporting Lisbon last matchup. They beat up uh, on them, I think, 5-0 in the first leg. So, uh, it's pretty good to have a Portuguese team um, when you're this deep in the tournament. 
Um, the crazy thing is that I don't know that many people expected Benfica to get this far because Definitely they not. did they did draw an Ajax, which is you know favorable, right? You're not getting one of the big names in either the La Liga or EPL, but you know Ajax have been known to do pretty well in Champions League tournaments, usually outplaying beyond their uh, their roster size. Uh, and in the first leg at home, Benfica had a two-two draw, so they definitely went for it. Uh, didn't quite get the win that they were probably going to need to advance. Um, so you're going to Ajax, you're going, you know, traveling to the the, the second leg, uh, needing a win to advance. I don't think anyone expected Benfica to to escape. No, uh, no way. But they snuck and, it out, and that's a massive win. the The odds were heavily in Ajax's favor. I don't. I think they were minus three hundred or, or something yeah. around there. Um, and Ajax, you know, they kind of remind me of. Um, they're they're following that Atletico Madrid trajectory, right? Like, yeah, they, you know, look, they win the Dutch league all the time. They're the most storied club out there and they have the finances and that's all well and good. But over the past two or three seasons, they've made noise in the Champions League, right? They oh, made yeah. it to the final. Um, you know, I don't know that they have the same star power on this team that they did in the finals team, but you still expected them to take care of Benfica. They're in a high scoring game every single game, right? So that 2-2 draw in the first leg, um, I think that was pretty expected, but no, Benfica, listen, um, it, as much as they are the worst team that is left here in the quarterfinals, you have to give them credit for beating Ajax. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, and, and, you know, one thing I will say about Liverpool, they don't take any of their competition lightly. Um, so, you know, listen, while they will prepare and they may come out and get the job done here, it, it's not going to be for, um, lack of, of preparation or mentality. Yeah. And we, and we see it a lot, right? We see these teams that we, you know, they get to the quarters and we think, all right, well, they've done well to get here. And, you know, that's pretty much it. And then they've gone to advance. You know, you mentioned Ajax before Roma's done that. Atalanta has done that, you know, in recent years. So sometimes it's just, you have the right roster construction at the right time. And, you know, they, they all kind of play well together and they're able to kind of, you know, overachieve. Um, and so that could definitely be the case here with Benfica, but Again, it's it's a different beast trying to do that against a, a liberal team that has been together for five, six years now. No doubt, um, they've been through the ro- the ringer in the European competition. They've reached multiple finals. Um, you know, obviously winning it uh, three years ago. So uh, they have that experience. Uh, like you said, Nick, they're not ones to kind of look past their competition. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing is how Klopp kind of handles his rotation. Cause we know Klopp loves to rotate his roster. loves to rotate the, the midfield. And now that he has you know, five healthy attackers that are all pretty high quality players for sure, rotate that attack as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, I think one of the main storylines for, for Liverpool is, you know, their new signing in January, Luis Diaz makes his return to Portugal. Um, so Luis Diaz was one of the players that uh, faced Liverpool in the group stages on the, that Porto team. Uh, he's been one of the you know most potent attackers in the Portuguese league for the past few seasons. Uh, Liverpool snatched him up, snatched him out of Tottenham's hands at the end of January, and he's been really impressive uh, in yeah. the two two or so months that he's been on Liverpool's roster. So, going to make his return. Uh, he's not a stranger to Benfica at all. Uh, Benfica Porto during Luis Diaz's time uh, with the team is actually undefeated against Benfica, so there's some good vibes there. Although. To be fair, it's not so much because of Luis Diaz. He's got as many goals as red cards in that fixture Ooh. in that time, so which is one. But Ooh, that's not uh, it, you know he's got their number in, in at least some regards because you can't you can't argue against. Uh, I think it's uh, four wins, two draws, and six games. So 
hopefully he can carry that over to Liverpool. No, no doubt about it. And, you know, speaking of Porto, they are first in the Portuguese league. Benfica is coming in currently at third place after 27 matches. They have 61 points. Um, you know, title probably out of reach, right? Porto's got about 12 points on them. It's yeah. going to be tough to make up, but they do have somebody who is absolutely on fire, uh, lighting the goal scoring charts ablaze. That's Darwin Nunez. Uh, he has 24 goals in 31 games, including that winner last week against Ajax. Um, and, and that's, I mean, th- those are numbers, you know, this is a guy I am not all too familiar with, but just looking at those numbers, he will be playing somewhere else next year. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. You know, Portuguese, the Portuguese league is no stranger to young talent. Um, it's, you know, one of those leagues where you can usually find the, the stars of La Liga or, you know, uh, Syria or even the EPL, um, you know, years before they make those moves. So I think he's definitely a guy that a lot of teams have keeping tabs on. Um, and it doesn't matter what league you're playing. And if you've got 24 goals in 31 games, it's a pretty good record. So uh, I would definitely expect to, him to, to try to make an impact here. It's going to be the biggest stage that he's going to be playing on. And, you know, that's the benefit of potentially being third place right now is you're going to put all of your eggs into the Champions League basket. You know, unlike Absolutely. Liverpool, who are still fighting for a league, they're still fighting for a domestic cup, a second domestic cup. Um, they might be rotating in this tie. I don't expect to see anything but uh, Benfica's best available 11 in each in, in each leg. So look for Darwin yeah. Nunez. Uh, look for a guy, Rafa Silva. Uh, has he he's not the one scoring the goals, but he's the one that's stirring their their drink there, right? He's the straw that stirs uh, Benfica's drink. He's got 15 assists uh, on the year, which is unreal, an incredible stat. He actually just scored a phenomenal goal on the weekend, uh, intercepting a, a corner and just taking it 70 yards past three defenders and scooping it into the side net. So he's going to be lethal. I think got to figure those two guys are going to be trying to create as much trouble as they can up on the front side. Uh, but ultimately, you know, when you're playing Liverpool, you got to get past Van Dyke, and if you get past Van Dyke, you got to get past Allison. So, not sure how much success they're going to find, but Benfica are going to need them to figure it out. Basically, if anybody's going to be doing the damage, it's those two guys. And yeah. and the, the odds aren't out yet, but uh, you know, certainly as it gets closer to to match day, we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. Yep. Um, you know, we, we're talking about players to watch. Um, I think one key piece that that needs to be discussed is that uh, for EPL fans, uh, there's two names on Benfica's back line that you may be familiar with. For that better be or worse. <laughs> Jan Vertagen and uh, Nicholas Otamendi. So for those of you who are not so familiar, these are... Uh, Combined age of about 73 right now. Yeah, I think they're each 34. So that sounds about right. Uh, these are two guys that even in their prime were not exactly fast. Uh, for not, sure. Not light on their feet. Um, they were not, you know, tracking down defenders or sorry, excuse me, attackers uh, by any means. And you look at Liverpool's attacking line and what they like to do. They love to run behind. You know, you're going to have Mane and Salah and potentially Luis Diaz constantly making runs behind. It opens up a lot of danger for uh, that Benfica defense that if you're going to try to play up or you're going to try to catch them off. You're probably going to run into some issues where you'll have at least one or two instances where Salah will be clear on goal and oh, you'll yeah. just have to beat the keeper 1v1. I'll tell you what, I'll look at that offside prop too, over over and offsides because yeah. Poole's going to be running at them all day. And the one thing I'll say about Otamendi, um, you know, he's kind of one of those guys, look, you definitely don't like to play against him, right? He's experienced, he's tough as shit, he's kind of that hard-nosed guy and that lends itself really well to a league like Portugal. Yeah. Um, and certainly... 
you know, for the most part in, in the Champions League. But that's not scaring off anybody from Liverpool. They're in no. the Premier League game in, game out. Um, and, you know, it's nothing they're not already used to. These players aren't as soft as some players from other countries and other teams. We can do a whole episode on that. But um, I think it, it puts a little bit of damper on Otamendi's effectiveness or, or right. what it should be, right? Some of his strengths. Yeah, I mean, even when he made his transfer over to Arsenal, he never really played well against Liverpool. I mean, it, that was also a period where Liverpool... Or anybody. Was, yeah, I mean, Arsenal were struggling and, and, you know, Liverpool were just starting to come up into their high press, you know, high attacking uh, strategy and play style. So Otamendi was being exposed a lot. Uh, you know, maybe that does work. Maybe if we're going to play devil's advocate, I'm obviously going to, you know, talk, uh, talk possibly about Liverpool, but... Uh, maybe Otamendi has some experience where he knows what to expect coming from this Liverpool line and he can actually speak to, you know, the, the rest of the players on the team and kind of prepare them for the onslaught and the potential pressing that could be, you know, coming their way. Um, at least in, in positive light, they have Alejandro Grimaldo, who's been a great left back for them this year. I mean, he's going to be the one that's ultimately going to be responsible for keeping Salah at bay. It, you know, Salah's going to have his chances. I don't think Grimaldo has to come in here and expect to shut Salah out completely, but he is a kind of guy that can do well uh, in, in keeping uh, the opposing winger somewhat quiet for, for the match. So I think that's, you know, the one positive that you can take a look at for Benfica's defense is they do have somebody that can hopefully track Salah during most of the match. No, no doubt about it. Um, and, and one of those silver linings for Benfica that we have to look at, uh, unfortunately, Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, hamstring injury, and he is probably targeting to be back in somewhere in mid-April, yeah. hopefully for that game against Man City. So I highly doubt Poole is going to risk him, uh, especially for a first leg, right? You're not going to put all yep. your eggs in that basket. Um, so, you know, that could be a, a small opportunity for Benfica to attack. I mean, Alexander-Arnold's been unreal. Yeah, I mean, good news for, for Grimaldo, uh, bad news maybe for Nunez, because typically the teams that have success attacking Liverpool are doing so by getting behind Arnold. You know, Trent loves getting up, you know, passing in uh, crosses left and right. Uh, that usually leaves him a little bit of exposed in that back right area. So, um, you know, pacey players can get in behind and, and do some damage there. So uh, and my guess is you'll see maybe James Milner, if he's healthy. Joe Gomez played there this weekend. Uh, a little more defensive-minded, so could potentially solidify the back line a bit more, but um, you know, you're going to leave Salah a, a little bit less of an opportunity to, to get by his defender because a lot of times it's up to that left back or the defending midfielder to kind of cover uh, Trent's passing lanes there. So uh, it could be good, good for, for Liverpool in the sense that they have a little bit more certainty at the back, especially if the, in the, the away leg where you're trying to make sure you're, you're at least holding serve. Um, but you know, for Liverpool's side, they're going to have to find some other way to generate chances. I mean, they do have, you know, three, four, five very creative offensive players that they can put on there. So uh, expect to see Thiago, expect to see Salah and, and, and probably Luis Diaz, maybe Mane um, being the key chance creators for this team uh, in his absence. And they still have Robertson. So the other guy on the other side of the, the defensive line still cross it in from, from the left side. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you don't have to score a lot of goals. You just got to score more than the other team. Very doable. And we, we expect it to happen. And, and before we get into why that is and what the odds are, Scott has an incredible fun fact that he has to share with you guys. I can never take this away from him. If yeah, I this is, wanted to. this is great. I mean, if you're, if you're a Liverpool fan, then you're going to be uh, no stranger to the name Everton. Uh, Benfica actually have a player named Everton on their squad. And should 
during the away leg for Benfica at Anfield, Everton score a goal. He will have scored more goals at Anfield than the club Everton since the year 2020. So that's all it'll take. (laughs) So when you're looking at Everton's who have scored the most goals this decade, it could be Everton from Benfica leading that chart. I love it. And I think if he starts, Nick, I think we got to put a player prop on. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to start. He's been in and out of the lineup. But if he starts at Anfield, we're putting a prop to score. He'll probably be like plus 350 at least. So you'll get some good value on it. But I think the temptation there will be too strong for me to pass up. All right, you guys heard it. We are riding with Everton because the club certainly cannot be counted on. So it's down to the player from Benfica. Yeah. Got to go all the way across the uh, the channel there and get to get to Portugal to find an Everton that can score at Anfield. Love it for sure. <laughs> so to uh, wrap it up, guys, the odds here to advance. Um, so this is over two legs. Benfica's the heavy underdog. They are plus seven hundred. Liverpool is minus two thousand. So uh, certainly nothing to bet on there, but just to. You know, as the game gets closer, as the lineups come out, as we're looking at our props and, and some of the spreads and things like that, um, you know, that this isn't going to change much. Liverpool should dominate this fixture over two legs. Uh, you know, listen, Benfica, kudos to them. They've made it this far. They've they've beaten other favored teams, but I, I just can't see any way that this happens against Liverpool. The odds reflect that and, and to, you know, just give you guys context for the tournament itself, right? Quarterfinals. So there's eight teams left. Uh, Liverpool is plus 200 to win the entire Champions League. That is the second best odds or second worst odds, I should say. Um, second shortest odds. There you go. We'll say. Uh, <laughs> there it is. And Benfica is plus 10,000. So they have the worst odds to win the Champions League. So th- those two numbers will tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, and again, speaking devil's advocate again, if I'm going to try to make a case for Benfica here, uh, we've already seen with the Ajax matchup that if they can you know, get a draw at home, that they're capable of going away and, and getting that second leg win uh, against a, a, you know, a strong team. Um, so maybe they don't necessarily need to you know, get out on the front foot and, and score two or three goals at home to try to take a lead going into the away leg. Maybe they can just sit back a little more compact, let Otamendi and, and Vertonghen do you know, play to their strengths, which are, you know, for Vertonghen's sake, playing through the air. Um, and, you know, maybe they, they keep it at bay. Maybe they lose one goal at home um, sure. and then go to away. They just, you know, put it all on red, right? There's no, no, no holding back at that point. It's got to be their strategy, right? They got to pack the midfield. They're going to have to hope for set pieces, take advantage of their set pieces, yeah. right? Get get those corners and free kicks. Obviously they have guys who can score and assist. Again, we talked about Nunez, 24 goals in 31 games. I don't care, you know, who you're playing. Those are exceptional numbers. So um, listen, they're, they're here for a reason, but this is, um, you know, this is as big a mismatch as there is in the quarterfinals, just plain and simple. So maybe, maybe the way that we're saying is, no, unless you're a diehard Benfica fan, maybe maybe you don't put any money on on this matchup specifically. If you're a Benfica fan and you want to just put some money on your team to back them and reap the rewards, should you get that upset? I wouldn't begrudge you whatsoever. Absolutely. Uh, another, another opportunity is maybe you sit out the first leg, um, or or you put money on the first leg and then you hope for a draw and uh, the odds short up a little bit and you can cash out earlier. Uh, it's another way. Absolutely. And, and listen, guys, Coach Steve, uh, he wasn't able to, to get here for this recording, but if he were here, he would probably tell you guys to look at draw no bet <laughs> yeah. uh, because he loves anything with plus money. <laughs> he, 
you know, that'll probably still be plus 500. So oh, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll speak for him on that, but that not a wager that Scotty or I will be putting down. All right. So I guess we'll, we'll wrap it up this way. Uh, the kicks and picks pod official pick to advance is going to be Liverpool. Uh, but we're not going to put money on it because at minus 2000, uh, there's not really a whole lot of money to be made there. So uh, we'll leave it, we'll leave it at that, but keep an eye on the away leg for Benfica. If Everton starts, we're putting money on Everton to score. No doubt about it. Thank you guys for listening in. Be sure to catch the rest of our episodes for those Champions League quarterfinals preview.